Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And it brings me no pleasure to once again be talking about Cyberpunk 2077 and CD Projekt Red, who, as we discussed last week, has been dealing with certain protections for the already out there copies of Cyberpunk that have been played by folks with YouTube channels and the like. And so before we get started talking about this issue, I, I want to give my tilt. I I'm very excited about Cyberpunk 2077. I have liked CD Projekt Red and their output for a very long time. The Witcher 3 is one of my favorite games of all time, and Cyberpunk being the follow-up to that game means I am very excited for this week and this week's release. That being said, it doesn't mean that what they are doing, what they are threatening, what they have talked to various YouTubers about now from the looks of things is all right with me from a legal perspective. So let's talk about what that is. Last week, we did a video called Cyberpunk 2077 versus Early Streamers, where we went over what CD Projekt Red was putting out there into the world, because there were copies of Cyberpunk 2077 that were released apparently by Best Buy, maybe some other outlets, and they got into the hands of players, and they asked kindly, according to them, that you not stream Let's Plays or any similar content, to which in the previous video we asked, what does that even mean, before December 9th, 12 p.m. CET, 3 a.m. Pacific Standard, or else we will send MaxTac, a fictional police force from the cyberpunk universe, after everyone who does. After that date, stream however you like. Now, we talked in that video about some of the problems that we have with that statement. As we pointed out, it's framed as a request we kindly ask. That's not really a legal notification. It references a fictional body. It doesn't establish what they mean as similar to streams and Let's Plays. Certainly in my head, outside of a legal purview, I think it's more like playing the game, having direct context-free views of what the game looks like to play, maybe graphics, maybe other things. And anything else probably wouldn't be like a streamer, let's play a review, an impressions video, things like that. But even with that language and those problems, CD Projekt Red had a different problem, which is that their baseline end user license agreement, at least as published on their current website, says we give you permission to create fan works regarding CD Projekt Red games that specifically include Let's Plays and monetized videos on places like YouTube. This agreement, as you would expect, further goes on to say this is the entire agreement between the parties, and if there are any changes, they won't become legally binding until 30 days after we post them online. Now, does that mean that CD Projekt Red couldn't have put a new end-user license agreement in Cyberpunk 2077 where everybody agreed to not stream or Let's Play until after December 9th or December 10th or whatever date they're actually looking at in that license agreement? Of course, it doesn't. But it does create this difficult question for those of us looking at it from outside that says, well... It's unclear whether you've got the proper protections in place. This agreement suggests that it is for everything related to your games. If we go back up to the top of this whole document, we see it relates to all of our games, any and all CD Projekt Red games, including The Witcher and The Witcher 2 and The Witcher 3 and things they had released when they originally wrote this a couple of years ago. But at the end of the day, we didn't know how CD Projekt Red would treat these statements. And I asked people to tell me 
if there were any instances where CD Projekt Red was actually taking down videos because this particular fact pattern seemed so much weaker to me than the ones that were related to things like the Sony hacks or, or the stolen material with respect to The Last of Us Part Two, where, of course, I thought as well that they were having issues complying with the full breadth of the copyright laws and the DMCA and whatnot. Here, CD Projekt Red actually has a more difficult case. They released the games out to Best Buy or wherever. Those games got into players' hands. Players don't have separate NDAs or embargoes. And so I was very interested to see if they actually enforced this or whether or not this was just kind of a saber rattling. Hey, we put the fear of God in you. You don't want to go up against our lawyers. Uh, but we put that out there to, on the margins, suppress some of the videos that might be out there. But we're not actually going to enforce these rules. Enter Dreamcast Guy, which is a YouTube streamer that I'm not very familiar with. Other people have told me that I should check out his material. I haven't done so yet, so apologies, Dreamcast Guy, if you wind up watching this video. But he put out a tweet on December 5th, mid-afternoon, a couple of days ago, that said the following. CD Projekt Red has asked me to tweet that they did not give me my copy of Cyberpunk 2077. I bought my own, and it was accidentally shipped early. My thoughts are not breaking any embargo, just talking about my own impressions as a random gamer. If you go and you look at this thread and you go and you look at these materials, you will see that apparently Dreamcast Guy was putting out impressions and thoughts about the overall nature of the video game, what he was enjoying, maybe what he wasn't enjoying. I think the length of the video game came up, whether or not that's the entirety of the main plot or subquests or side quests, I don't know. But he was going out there with these impressions, and then he put out a tweet to all of his followers mid-December 5th that said, CDPR asked me to say all this. So before we get into the rest of it, why are they asking him to say all this? One of the reasons might be because all of the copies that went out under embargo, when you get a copy of this and you're a review institution, IGN, GameSpot, somebody big that gets a copy of this directly from CDPR, you sign on to getting that game under certain rules, certain things that you will say, won't say, and most specifically that you won't reveal your review or overall thoughts on the games until date X. And that might wind up being uh, Wednesday based on the sounds of things from Dreamcast Guy. One of the reasons he might have been asked by CDPR to say that he doesn't have one of those embargoed copies is because it's not all that unusual for an embargo document or an NDA to say, hey, when information becomes public, when somebody else that's under this agreement breaks the rules, the, the dam is broken and we don't want you to be disadvantaged by the fact that somebody else is a bad actor. So when that happens, maybe you get certain other rights, responsibilities, maybe you make a phone call to CDPR. And so when Dreamcast guy is going out there with all this commentary, the IGNs and GameSpots of the world and, and clicks matter, being first with these kinds of thoughts matter, wanted to go and make sure that this wasn't an embargoed copy. CDPR, though, even after all this happened, did have a problem, which is that Dreamcast guy was going out there with his thoughts and the bigger entities were probably not thrilled about the fact that Dreamcast Guy, who has 200,000 subscribers, other YouTubers potentially that could have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of subscribers, and didn't receive their copy under embargo, could go and basically eat their lunch in terms of clicks. If enough of this gets out there, then IGN and GameSpot and whoever, the value of their review is lessened. And so CD Projekt Red wants to protect that. CD Projekt Red wants to make clear that they aren't giving special treatment to YouTubers like Dreamcast Guy. And so ultimately, the next day, we get this tweet 
CD Projekt Red just removed my Cyberpunk 2077 video. Again, middle of the next day. So one of the things we can surmise is that something changed over at CD Projekt Red legal uh, when they looked at what was happening. First, they thought on Saturday that they could handle this by just saying, hey, just tell folks that this isn't an embargoed copy. You can obviously say what you want. That's the law. And we won't do anything else against you. But by the time Sunday rolls around, we get CD Projekt Red has removed my Cyberpunk 2077 video. Now, when he says just removed, I think we also have to surmise that this was done through the YouTube removal process. Right, if we go into YouTube help, we see submit a copyright takedown notice. If your copyright protected work was posted on YouTube without authorization, you may submit a copyright infringement notification. Be sure to consider whether fair use, fair dealing, or a similar exception to copyright applies before you submit. And then you file all this stuff with YouTube and they give you a warning. Do not make false claims. Misuse of this process may result in the suspension of your account or other legal consequences. But of course, it would have to be proven that your claim was indeed false. And that seems enormously unlikely when you're talking about these giant corporations uh, with the resources that they have behind them. So when he says that his video was removed, we can assume that it went through the YouTube process, which is the DMCA process, which we will talk about at the end of this video. And you arrive at this. Shortly after that tweet where he says his video has been removed, he finally says legally, I have been told I cannot speak about Cyberpunk 2077 until Wednesday. Big video then, much love. Now, there are a couple of things happening here. One, we're going to talk about how I have difficulty framing this as a legal issue from the CD Projekt Red side. At least I have difficulty framing it as an issue that they would win. As we've talked about in virtual legality, that doesn't mean that you can't rattle the saber. We saw this with the FTC and COPPA and the government and threatening YouTubers and their livelihoods. This is a similar kind of thing. Whereas if you were on the phone or you get an email from CD Projekt Red and they says, I, hey, our lawyers tell you, you can't do this. Legally, we're going to threaten you. We're going to sue you. We're going to do all these very bad things to you and your 200,000 subscribers. <laughs> then chances are you or I or anyone else is probably going to back down. It's not that important to you. It's a couple of days. And you say, all right, I'll put out a tweet that says, legally, I've been told I cannot speak about Cyberpunk 2077 until Wednesday. It's also practically something that makes sense if you're a YouTuber. You want these folks to not see themselves as your enemy. Obviously, virtual legality and the whole law YouTube channel doesn't care about that as much uh, because we're not getting copies of things anyway. And I think there's probably a blacklist for me on a number of publishers' uh, PR campaigns. But at the end of the day, this makes sense if you're a Dreamcast guy because you don't want to offend these parties. And I don't blame them one bit. Where I get agitated is the use of the quote-unquote law and your legal team and your in-house counsel or what have you to threaten folks when you don't appear to have a leg to stand on. So as part of this thread that Dreamcast Guy put out, there was a tweet uh, from a Twitter user, Cat in a Bag, that said the following. I got to watch it in full. I didn't think it would get removed as there was no gameplay footage. You were just telling a story about your experience without spoiling the story. The Keanu thing was already told officially. So I'm not sure what they claimed in your video to get it removed. And we'll talk about the DMCA, as I said, at the very end of this video. But it's important to note that when you issue a DMCA plus content identification kind of warning to YouTube, and you're a big company, you're a content creator writ large, then basically what you have to say is Cyberpunk 2077 was infringed against, and it was infringed against in this video. 
and YouTube will take it down uh, because they don't want any of the contributory infringement liability. They don't want to deal with the DMCA. They'll take it down and we'll see why that makes sense from a practical perspective for these big companies, but why it doesn't make sense from a legal and, and perhaps more importantly, an ethical perspective as well. When I saw this, I said, wow, that looks a lot like what we talked about over this spring with respect to Sony. What we talked about with Last of Us Part Two having a bunch of its cutscenes leaked, people talking about them everywhere, and then Sony issuing DMCA takedown notices, not on leaked footage, not on cutscenes, not on concept art, not on dialogue, but on actual discussions of what was revealed as part of what was in the game. I got pictures of golf clubs sent to me in the comments to my videos on Twitter, and those types of things were getting struck as copyright infringement by Sony. And so we wound up doing a very long series on this about the many ways in which this was likely an abuse of the system if the videos and other content were as described. One of the difficult things about talking about these topics is that for the most part, when something gets taken down under a DMCA claim, we no longer get to see it. And so we have to take on faith from these content creators that we weren't watching when they actually got struck, that what they are describing is what was struck by these companies. If you go and you look at this thread from Cat in a Bag and you go and you look in this thread from me, you will see a number of other people kind of corroborating this claim, that this was a video by Dreamcast guy that was talking probably at camera with no gameplay footage and saying what he thought about his experiences with the game so far. At which point I tweeted out, if this is in fact an accurate description of the video that Dreamcast guy had pulled down by CDPR, this would be exactly the same kind of DMCA abuse that Sony was engaged in with Last of Us. Facts, plot points, and ideas are not subject to copyright, which we will talk about as part of this video. I also linked people to the other things that we have said. I've got a Twitter user here that says, hey, somebody is going to need to bring this in a court case. And other factors that go into all of this that I want to talk with you all about right now. Now, before we get into the legalities here, the first thing I want to say is obviously CDPR, not a United States company. They're in Poland. But for the most part, that isn't going to change our discussion here. I'm a United States lawyer. I'm barred in Michigan to practice law, as most of you know, if you've been in virtual legality for a while. But at the end of the day, the United States is basically going to recognize copyrights from everywhere. These giant publishers are going to register their copyrights in these various places uh, in which they're going to make major sales like the United States. So suffice it to say, what we are talking about here for purposes of this conversation is U.S. copyright law. If we go and we look at 17 U.S.C. 102, the baseline of copyright law is that you get copyright protection in original works of authorship fixed in a tangible medium of expression, which includes motion pictures and other audiovisual works. So end of the day, CD Projekt Red 100% has a copyright in this Cyberpunk 2077 game that they have made, that they have pressed onto discs, that those discs have been sent to Best Buy, and ultimately onto Dreamcast Guy's desk. Now, what does that mean? What protections does that afford you? Well, the owner of a copyright under this title, 17 USC, gets the exclusive right to reproduce, to prepare derivative works, to distribute copies of the work, to perform the copyrighted work publicly, to display it, and to perform other versions of that work. They get what we would think of as the normal rights of a copyright holder to prevent others from taking their copyrighted materials. This is what you get if you are CD Projekt Red. 
that is where the end user license agreement comes into play. I know a number of you have come into my comments and videos and said, hey, software shouldn't be distributed this way, et cetera, et cetera. We can have that conversation another time. But suffice it to say for right now, if you are a video game developer or other software developer and you want to give someone else the right to use your software, then you enter into a license agreement that says you have the right to do X, Y, or Z. You have the right to do these various things that otherwise we would have the exclusive right to do, which includes this end user license agreement from CD Projekt Red, which says, hey, when you get this, we are giving you the personal right to download, install, play, and use CD Projekt Red games and services. Now, as we talked about, to CD Projekt Red's credit, that is usually basically the end of the license in many, many, many big video game publishers' actual license agreements. They say you get the ability to play a copy on your console. To CDPR's credit, they then go and say, hey, user-generated content is going to get certain rules. You can make Let's Play videos. You can do these other things specifically in the license agreement itself. And so that is a right that was granted to you as a copyright license by the exclusive copyright holder. That's why that matters in that conversation. And why this maybe doesn't matter. By the time we get to a blog post that says, hey, hey, we know what our end user license agreement probably says. We can't see the Cyberpunk 2077 one right now, but we know what it probably says. Even with that out there, we would ask in a blog post, in a tweet, that you not stream Let's Plays or release any similar content or else, frankly, we might have to bring a DMCA takedown notice against you. The problem is they've already licensed out those rights. And so if you are holding a copy of Cyberpunk 2077 right now and you go and you look at your end user license agreement and it matches up with the one that CD Projekt Red just updated a couple of years ago, so it's going to be mostly looking like that one that we just read right now, then you're going to see that you basically have the right to stream, that you want to be able to stream, you want to get those rights in the license and they have given them to you, but that is restricted somewhat by a blog post that you don't know whether it actually works or not. So your first issue, if you are a Dreamcast guy or your other YouTuber and you have a copy of Cyberpunk 2077 sitting on your desk, is maybe I can stream it just under the end user license agreement. That was the purpose of talking about this in our prior video. The next issue, however, is maybe even more substantial. Let's say that Dreamcast guy didn't just talk about his experiences with the video game to camera. Let's assume that he used some clips of the gameplay that he took and he incorporated them into his impressions video or maybe even a review video and he gave a score to it. Let's assume that that's what it looked like. As so many of you are fully willing to point out on Twitter and on my YouTube channel, 17 USC 107 says, regardless of what we just said about exclusive rights, the fair use of a copyrighted work for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research is not an infringement of copyright. This actually steps in front of 106. 106 says you have the exclusive right to do these things, including prepare derivative works like videos, like the one that Dreamcast guy might have made if he incorporated clips of the video game. And it says that's not going to be infringement. They can't do anything against you if it was for purposes such as criticism and commentary news reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research. And then we get into the factors that help us determine whether fair use is going to be met. The purpose and character of the use. Now, 
Dreamcast guy, in all likelihood, monetized his channel, monetized that video. So this is going to be a at least somewhat commercial use that that might lean in the direction of a CD Projekt Red. The nature of the copyrighted work is fictional rather than reality-based, so that might lean in favor of CD Projekt Red. The amount and substantiality of the portion used, did he use a lot of the video game? That's probably going to lean in the direction of Dreamcast Guy. It's probably clips, it's probably maybe screenshots that are not going to be a large amount of what exists in the Cyberpunk 2077 product. And then the effect of the use upon the potential market for or value of the copyrighted work. Now, this is one where people get tripped up. A lot of people came into that thread talking about Dreamcast Guy and saying, hey, you gave the length of the game, which the CD Projekt Red team, their legal, their PR, might want to keep hidden because people might think it's too short. It Maybe people think it's too long. And so you damaged them by going out with this information about what you thought the length of the game was. Factor four in a fair use analysis is not about negative commentary. It's not about negatively affecting the market for something by having negative thoughts about the product. In fact, the entire concept of allowing commentary and criticism under a fair use rubric is to allow negative comments on copyrighted materials that the copyright holder probably wouldn't like him or herself. If we go and we look at cases on these kinds of topics, we've got Campbell versus A Cuff Rose Music Inc. from 1994, we see the court actually establishing this. We do not, of course, suggest that a parody may not harm the market at all, but when a lethal parody, like a scathing theater review, kills demand for the original, it does not produce a harm cognizable under the Copyright Act. The Copyright Act doesn't recognize that harm. This distinction between potentially remediable displacement and unremediable disparagement, that's a difficult word, isn't it, is reflected in the rule that there is no protectable derivative market for criticism. The market for potential derivative uses includes only those that creators of original works would in general develop or license others to develop. Yet the unlikelihood that creators of imaginative works will license critical reviews or lampoons of their own productions removes such uses from the very notion of a potential licensing market. Said another way, just so people are clear on this, this factor four is about can I substitute? Can I actually substitute my work for their work? If you just took a video of 40 plus hours of Cyberpunk 2077 and you just put it on without commentary, absent the end user license agreement saying that maybe that's fine with CD Projekt Red, you would run afoul of fair use because it's just a video that is a substitute for someone buying the video game. And this is in fact one of the problems that Let's Plays have in general. It's one of the reasons I keep harping on the fact that the end user license agreement really should be more robust in terms of giving players the rights that they need to have those kinds of streams because they're useful for the publishers. But right now, those streamers maybe aren't getting the legal rights that they need. It's also worth noting, and this came up a lot in the Sony Last of Us saga, that it doesn't matter whether or not this work is unpublished. Now, of course, CD Projekt Red actually pressed these discs, actually got them out to the retail markets. And so this is a quasi-published work, even if they would prefer it wasn't. But let's say that these just fell off the back of a truck and were actually stolen goods. The fact that a work is unpublished doesn't bar a finding of fair use. And that was the same with respect to Sony and The Last of Us Part Two. You can still find fair use even if 
the copyright holder doesn't want its copies out in the wild right now, and they got out there by accident or even malfeasance, that doesn't mean that you don't still do a fair use analysis. Now, for purposes of this conversation, this is the second way in which CD Projekt Red might be in trouble for what they're trying to do against Dreamcast Guy and potentially others. You actually get into the description, the reason I tweeted this out yesterday, which is that they have said, the viewers of Dreamcast Guy have said that there wasn't any clips. There weren't any copyrighted materials. And then you start to get into the actual question of was there any infringement at all, right? In no case... Does copyright protection for an original work of authorship extend to any idea, concept, principle? If you go to the copyright office itself, it says copyright does not protect ideas or concepts. You may express your ideas in writings or drawings or video games and claim copyright in your description, but be aware that copyright will not protect the idea itself as revealed in your written or artistic work. You cannot copyright the concept that Keanu Reeves ascends into the sky and becomes the son of the new cyberpunk universe. And again, I'm making these things up for purposes of reflection. I believe when we were talking about Last of Us, I pretended that Joel and Ellie were abducted by aliens. If that, in fact, happens in the game and you experienced it, no, people wouldn't want it out there. CD Projekt Red wouldn't want it out there. People that are trying to avoid spoilers wouldn't want it out there. Unfortunately... That is not Dreamcast guy at all's problem. He experienced the game. He didn't sign a separate NDA. He didn't sign a separate embargo. And when we actually talk about things like fair use, when we talk about the other exceptions that you get to when we're talking about what can I put up on video on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook gaming or wherever, the fair use of a copyrighted work is what is at issue. A description of the events of concepts or ideas in a video game or a story are not copyrightable. I brought this up in the Sony playlist, but one of the things that always amuses me, and this is a legal threat that I don't like either, is when if you're watching a United States football, an NFL football game, you will at some point in the broadcast get a commercial that says basically any accounts of this game are prohibited by the copyright holder, which is absolutely ridiculous. I can on this video tell you that the Jets lost a game to the Raiders on a David Carr bomb that was 50 yards some odd long at the end of that game and that Jets fans think that they might have thrown it in order to get Trevor Lawrence at Clemson at the end of that game. That's an account of what happened. And you know what I didn't violate by giving you that account? Copyright law. So if you're the Dreamcast guys of the world, if you are a YouTuber that has a copy of Cyberpunk 2077, then not only does the end user license agreement maybe give you the right to do what you're doing, except if they modified it very specifically and potentially outside of their right to modify it under the end user license agreement as published on the web right now, but you might have a fair use argument to use it if it's a criticism, if it's an impressions video, if it's a review, like we see from other review sources, and if you didn't use any copyrighted material at all, they would have a very difficult time establishing that there was any copyright infringement because there's no copyright protected material. Copyright protection does not extend to an idea. You don't get copyright protection on two families with kids that love each other and that want to cross over their rivalries, whether it's in Romeo and Juliet or West Side Story or High School Musical. You don't get protection of the idea. And so at the end of the day, you really start to have an issue with what you see these companies doing. And I love CD Projekt Red's output. I love The Witcher 3. I'm very much looking forward 
to Cyberpunk 2077. I didn't want to have to make this video. I was hopeful that they were just rattling their saber. But why were they rattling it? It's because of the DMCA. If you go down and you look at the DMCA, yes, YouTube gets its protections if they take things down. The notification requires a signature identification of the copyrighted work claimed to have been infringed, which can just be Cyberpunk 2077. Identification of the material that is claimed to be infringing, which is just Dreamcast Guy's video. And then most importantly, the real problem, a statement that the complaining party has a good faith belief that use of the material in the manner complained of is not authorized by the copyright owner, definitely wasn't authorized by them, its agent, or the law. And at the end of the day, you still need to be establishing that there's copyrighted material at issue, that fair use doesn't apply, and that even if there wasn't a fair use argument that could be made, that there was copyrighted material that actually made up the complaint. So maybe your end user license agreement gave you that authority. I probably shouldn't have disparaged that when I read the statement in the first case. Maybe you don't have copyrighted material at all, and maybe the use of it is fair use. So why do they do these things? Well, for one, as we've talked about, Section F says, you will only get in trouble if you knowingly and materially misrepresented your particular situation. So if you're CD Projekt Red, you say, okay, Hogue, maybe make some good points there, but we can say that the end user license agreement is different, so that doesn't apply. We can maybe say that like names of characters are copyrighted, and maybe we can claim that that was included, and then it's not fair use because fair use is an unruly beast, and we don't have to really pretend like anybody understands fair use. And so we get to this section. We don't owe anybody anything for damages or attorney's fees or anything like that. And why did we do all of this? It's because even if this claim is stupid, even if we're going to drop it, which I would guess CD Projekt Red will almost certainly do, the actual site, YouTube, says upon receipt of a counter notification, they inform the person that it will replace the removed material in 10 business days. And they only have to replace the removed material and cease disabling access to it in not less than 10 nor more than 14 business days, which if you've got a calendar in front of you, you realize says if they take the video down on the 5th or 6th of December, there can go flying by the actual date when Cyberpunk releases on the 9th or 10th of December. So is this abusing the law? My best guess, based on the description of what Dreamcast Guy and his various Twitter followers have told me about that video, is, is probably yes. It's probably not something that should be deemed infringement. Their license might have allowed it. It might be fair use. There might not be any copyrighted material used at all. But is CD Projekt Red and Sony and everyone else going to get away with it? Yes, because absent actually suing for a material and knowingly false statement put forth on YouTube or Twitch or anywhere else, there's really no way to punish these guys. And unfortunately, that's the status of the legal regime of the DMCA and copyright as it stands today. If you enjoyed this video, I feel sorry for you. Nobody should be enjoying these discussions, but if you liked what you had to hear, it was educational and informative. Please like, subscribe, share, ring bells, tell folks that we are having this conversation. This is an important one, and this is really starting to agitate me from these publishers. So please do share it with folks that you think would be interested in it, folks that would like the conversation. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.